You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and this is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and the new director of scouting for NBA Big Board. Shout out to each and every person that has made Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And in this case, on this Monday morning, your first listen of the week. I really appreciate it. Again, shout out to everybody that has, you know, just started off your day or your week listening to locked on nba draft and in this episode we have a title sponsor and it is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before and that is because you know bet online is where the game starts all right this is a very very popular day amongst college basketball fans selection sunday was yesterday and in this case i'm sure a lot of people are up this morning if they didn't do it this morning they did it last night or they're going to do it later on today you're filling out your brackets you're getting your money in order for your pools and you're hoping to win whether it's a thousand dollars three hundred dollars or whatever so this is like one of the days that i used to always look forward to as a kid i remember being in high school not even high school maybe even middle school going and printing out a bracket at the printer that's how long ago it was for me you fill it out and you share it with your friends and later on in this episode i'll go through my bracket live i literally just filled it out a few minutes ago and i haven't even had a chance to really analyze it but i wanted to talk to you about a few prospects that i've uh watched film on and kind of studied their games over the past few weeks now for me the past few weeks has been crazy busy i started off in belgrade then from Belgrade, I stayed there four days, went to Milan. Then from Milan, I went to a under-16U tournament, back to Milan. And then I had a flight to to Dallas. And I was, I mean, just from, from Milan to Istanbul, it's like two hours. And then I had a 15-hour layover. And then from there, I had like a 15-hour flight. Got to Dallas Friday night, went to sleep, got up in the morning, just kind of, you know, did some stuff around the house. Then I went to take my, my brother-in-law. I have a, a brother-in-law who, who special needs and he loves basketball. So I went and took him to the AAC tournament in Fort Worth. I had a chance to watch Houston play and then watch Memphis and SMU. I thought that was a good game. So I wanted to scout Jalen Duran live and, and have that opportunity and, and, um, he played okay. I mean, he had like a dominant game the day before, but on Saturday he hit his head on the rim, I believe. I didn't get a chance to watch the highlights, but it looked like from my view he hit his head on the rim. And uh, but overall, I just had a chance to watch him play live, and I really, really enjoy scouting live over and in person just because there's so much more that you can see. For example, there was a guy that I watched in the last month, and I thought, like, you know, if I would have watched his film, just his film, I would have really been impressed. But seeing him in person, there were things that, you know, they matter to me. They may not matter to other people. I felt like when I watched him live, I was able to notice what type of teammate he was. So, I mean, it was a close game down the stretch. And while his teammates were on the bench and, 
you know, just really engaged in the game. This particular player was biting his nails. He didn't show any enthusiasm. He showed, you know, maybe a little bit of interest in the game when everybody else on the bench stood up and clapped and cheered. But he just, it just seemed like he was indifferent about whether, you know, his team won or not. And, I mean, this was, a, you know, a kid, so it wasn't like it was a college player. But this is just something that I noticed I would have never been able to pick up um, watching it on, on film. So that's why I really love scouting. So, um, like I said, I had a chance to watch Jalen Duran and, and a couple other prospects. But now I want to talk to you about some guys that I did watch on film. And because I was traveling so much, I did not really have the opportunity to watch as much film as I wanted to. And there were a couple guys that I wanted to like take a deep dive into their film and, and create some scouting reports. So I'll start off with a guy that uh, I don't know if he's going to get drafted, but he was definitely fun to watch from a scouting perspective. And it is Peter Kiss from Bryant College. I know he led the nation in scoring. And he's a little bit older. I want to say he might be 24 years old. He is someone that I think will be in summer league or even maybe play in the G League and just put up huge numbers. I mean, he is a professional scorer. And when I say professional scorer, I guess it's kind of like a slang term. Um, amongst basketball circles in a sense, but it's just a guy that excels at putting the ball in, in the basket. He's not like your 3 and D guy. He's not like your role player. This is a guy that can create off the dribble, pull up mid-range, score at the rim, just has a different level of craftiness, and Peter Kiss has it. He's an explosive athlete, and he is a shot maker. He's wired to score, but even though I feel like he's really wired to score and focused on scoring, I mean, he averaged like 25 a game this year, I think that he is a, a pretty decent passer, but I love the offensive creativity off the dribble. He's strong. He's definitely mature. I mean, I guess that goes along with being 24 years old. And uh, he plays through contact. Like, there's an element of physicality to his game, even though he's a wing. He's very confident and very expressive. And I think that expressiveness or confidence has gotten him in some trouble before I don't really know his full background but I think this is like his fourth school I think he started off at um you know he went to to Rutgers I believe either Rutgers or St. John's I know he's been in like four different schools and um you can see that there is the level of competitive fire and confidence and expressiveness that I think that it may rub some people the wrong way, but I like it. I, I like it. He had a dominant performance in the in the conference tournament game, and and uh, I mean it, he went up against another prospect and just totally like dominated the guy. He's a good rebounder, and again, one thing I like about him that's a little bit different is different is he is a a big time scorer, but he has a little bit of blue collar scoring to his game. When I say that, I mean like he hustles on the offensive glass he makes hustle plays and again he's aggressive and he gets to the foul line and I mean he does have some isolation in his game and does have a tendency to take bad shots he's an inconsistent three-point shooter you may question the level of competition but I love the fact that there is I mean he, he puts on his hard hat crashes the glass and and he just kind of dominates off of skill and activity another player that i had a chance to watch his film who is probably one of the more intriguing prospects in this class is john butler 
freshman from Florida State. He has excellent length. He has like a 7'5 wingspan. He's agile. He's fluid. And he's a skilled seven-footer. I'd say like he's your poor, poor man's Chet Holmgren because some of the same reasons why people love Chet. John Butler has some of the same characteristics as far as just Again, being a fluid and agile, seven-footer, skilled. He's shooting 40% from three. Now, it, it is on 2.73 point field goal attempts per game, which is a decent sample size. So he is a pretty good shooter. Now, he's he's raw, and he's even skinnier than Chet. Can you believe that? He's only listed at 190 pounds, so Chet has five more pounds on him. The difference is that I think Chet is a little more skilled, and Chet has a, a level of of he's more tougher as i should say well that's probably a bad example but i think he plays more more tougher and um you know with, with butler he just shoots a lot of threes i you know i'd say like it seems like more than 60 percent of his shots are, are three-point attempts but what makes him so intriguing is again the fluidity he's shown flashes of being able to shoot off the move action plays He's a good ball handler, maybe not necessarily a guy that's going to create his own shot right now, but the handle is is there. I mean, he's very coordinated. He has uh, the potential to be like a rebound and run threat. And I think that there is, you know, some promise as a shot maker off the dribble, whether it's attacking the closeout, being able to rip one dribble, pull up, shoot over the top of guys. Very intriguing prospect. Doesn't have, like, the numbers, but... Again, seven-footers that can dribble and shoot are hard to find. And so he's someone that could rise up different draft boards. And you'll be like, who is this guy? (laughs) But I definitely think that he has a chance to get drafted this year. Still raw, but I can see a team selecting him thinking that if he comes back to school next year, he won't be available. So, you know, pay attention to that. He may be someone that a team makes him a promise just based off of his potential and they feel like they can develop him. All right. I want to talk to you about Built Bar. You know, it's that time of year where people have given up their New Year's resolutions and they are eating unhealthy. But if you want to change that and you want to eat healthy, please try one of the Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried it, you're definitely missing out. It is this, I don't even know how to describe it other than this this protein-infused marshmallow. It's fluffy. It tastes like marshmallowy. But it's not just a protein bar or a marshmallow. It's like a, a treat, and it's covered with 100% real chocolate. And the puffs come in some pretty incredible flavors, whether it's like this cinnamon or coconut marshmallow. They have a banana cream pie flavor. It's so good. And, again, try it out. Again, because it's 100% real chocolate. Yes, you heard that right. The puffs are 100% real chocolate. It's low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace your candy bars. They are better and it's better simply because the typical candy bar can have anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carbs. And most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now, if you compare that to a candy bar, it's usually 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. So check out the flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. There's a white chocolate cookies and cream. I call that the Jason Williams. Again, new flavors are coming out all the time. Check it out. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 
15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, shout out to everyone that has made Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. Now, I advise you to check out the Locked On Now podcast. It has nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and it is available wherever you get your podcast. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. I apologize if you hear a clock ticking in the background. I, I thought I, was, I, I forgot to tell the whole story in, in the first segment. So I have a, a grandfather. He is, um, you know, he's, he's, he's got some, some he's, he's ill. I, I'll just say that much. So I took the trip down to San Antonio because my mom is, is in town and her siblings to, to visit their dad and just kind of take care of him. So I'm, I'm here in San Antonio. This is like my, I don't know, I guess it's like my fifth city in the last 10 days. And my grandmother collects clocks. Like she has probably 500 clocks in the house. I mean, that's her hobby. I don't know why she likes to collect clocks i mean i like to collect shoes <laughs> and i used to collect baseball caps so you know it's one of those things there's something that you like and you collect you know i i totally get it because i have my my things too but hers is clocks and so when i was trying to record this podcast it's like literally impossible to not hear a clock going off and you know whether it's like the old huge clocks that like i don't even remember the name of them but they take up you know like six feet tall and, and they chime anyway there's clocks all over the house and every time i was trying to record a new one would go off so i decided okay i'm going to try to record in my car but i forgot to charge my laptop last night so the battery was low so now i am in the garage freezing <laughs> my tail off i got a hoodie on i'm in a garage I have my laptop propped up against a washing machine and my mic set up. So if you hear a clock in the background, that's because there is a clock here in the garage, not too far from where I am standing. But I had to get this episode out to you today and I wanted to get out at a decent time. So I'm here in the garage with a hoodie on, freezing. All right, the next prospect that I wanted to talk about is Malachi Branham. He's a guy that he has definitely outplayed his ranking coming into the season. He was not someone that I saw on people's list as a one-and-done candidate. He's not someone that had a bunch of hype coming into to his freshman year. I mean, obviously, he was a highly regarded prospect, went to LeBron James' alma mater, but he, he just wasn't one of the guys that we talked about coming into this, to the preseason as a one-and-done candidate. And he has made a name for himself, Big Ten Freshman of the Year. He's a versatile wing that can play and defend multiple positions. He has good positional size and length, strong frame and broad shoulders. He has a maturity to his game that is beyond his his age and, and beyond his classification as a freshman. I mean, he actually reminds me of Chris Middleton. But he just has, like again, a maturity to his game, his body looks mature. He has this old school pull-up game off the dribble, loves to get to his sweet spots, and he does it in like two dribbles or less. I mean, it's, it's really efficient. He's not someone that is going to toy around with the ball and dance around to get to his sweet spots. He, like I said, one dribble pull-up, two dribble pull-up, shoots over the top of defenders like Middleton. He finishes with both hands around the rim. I think that he has an opportunity to develop into a secondary ball handler because he's comfortable playing as the pick-and-roll ball handler. Again, efficient scorer, very poised and patient. 
again, it's the maturity in this game that really stands out to me. It's kind of like he has that old man game. Like, you ever heard about the guys or seen the guys that come to the park and they play in sweats? They got the gym bag. They got the, the um, oh, man, the icy hot. And, I mean, they're just efficient with all their moves and everything they do. It just makes it look like they're not breaking the sweat. He has that in his game despite only being a freshman. Good touch around the rim. I think at the minimum he's a connective tissue or ideal complementary piece. I say if there were some concerns, he's a sneaky athlete. I mean, there was a, a play that I watched where he had a nice left-hand dunk at the rim. But other than that, he's not going to blow by you and beat you with like this crazy speed or burst. And he may need to score off picks. But, again, he knows how to get to a spot. So he's an intriguing prospect that you could see in the first round. Another player that I looked at was Terquavian Smith, a guy that has also come out of nowhere. I think he was a fringe top 100 recruit coming into this year. And he is creative. He's fun to watch. He's kind of got a little bit of – I don't even know who to compare him to. Actually, you know what? He looks – like in the way he moves like a smaller version of Jaden McDaniels he has the offensive creativity he's a shot creator he's got a shifty handle shows some flashes of passing instincts but he does most of his damage off the dribble has a good floater and he shot a respectable 38% from deep now this NC NC state team was bad like they were not good but he shot a respectable 37.9% from deep and this it's with what I consider poor shot selection in a sense. A lot of his threes were tough and contested off the dribble. But when you got him in a catch-and-shoot situation, he was deadly. Shot 55.9% on unguarded catch-and-shoot jumpers. Loads of potential. Averaged 16.5 points a game as a freshman. He had a positive assist-to-turnover ratio. Averaged a little more than a steal a game. And again, he's a tough shot maker that thrives in isolation. Now, the questions are concerned is what is his best position? He needs to improve his free throw percentage. His overall efficiency wasn't that great, even though he shot, you know, respectable from three. And then he only shot 36% at the rim. I wonder how much of that is due to him needing to bulk up and get stronger. He does have a tendency to be a ball stopper, but the talent is there. He's definitely someone that if he does decide to, uh, declare for the draft he, he he'll get strong consideration there and if he doesn't and if he decides to come back to school he'll he'll easily be one of the top returning prospects the last player that i want to talk about in my film watching was deron holmes i like deron holmes he's a skilled agile mobile big he's a good athlete he can serve as a vertical lob threat Show some flashes of being able to face up and put the ball on the floor he's a transition rim runner as far as his body, he's a little thin, but he has broad shoulders. He should be able to fill out. But I think that he has a role in the NBA as a pick-and-roll man, a guy that can just kind of find a niche as an energy guy, someone that scores on off-the-ball cuts, shows that he has a decent touch inside of 10 feet, good cutter. The shooting is, is promising. I think that that's something that can you know he can work on that and at least be an average shooter. Draws a lot of fouls with his activity. He's efficient finishing around the rim. One of the things I really like is that it's something as I've grown as a scout that I pay attention to is the fact that he sprints back on defense. Like the way he transitions from offense to defense, I thought that was pretty good. Simply because you see a lot of guys that 
they transition from defense to offense well because they want to score, like they want to sprint the lane and, and get an easy dump off or basket, but they don't have the same energy the opposite way around getting back on defense. So that's something that I really paid attention to. Now, as far as like areas of concern or areas where he can develop, he needs to be more consistent with his shooting range. He's still a little raw, doesn't have a left hand. Um, he has something that I always pay attention to with bigs, a tendency to load up around the rim. And when I say load up is if he catches the ball, he'll squat, bring the ball down below his waist, and then try to power up, which usually gets you fouled. I would love to see him. I call it the Powell Gasol. Powell never brought the ball below his waist. He always kept it high. The hands may be something that I, I pay a little bit more attention to. The decision-making, which I think that's part of him being raw. He doesn't really make great decisions. He shows some decent passing, but I think that's an area that he can improve on. And then he doesn't have a lot of pace to his game. It feels like he's playing 100 miles an hour, but I think that goes back to him being raw. And then by him being a little thin, he doesn't always make contact on screens. But overall, I think he's someone that you definitely have to pay attention to as someone that could be a big-time riser as we get closer to the NBA draft. All right, now let's talk about the college basketball tournament is finally here. But before I get into my picks, let's talk about BetOnline. For all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline. Remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, your podcasts, and news. And it is not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports betting wagering information, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Oh, I can't talk. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts but you guys you guys knew that all right now let me get into my picks again i just filled this bracket out before i came into this freezing garage and in the west i have gonzaga beating georgia state i have the number eight seed boise state beating the number nine seed memphis in my upset in the West, I have New Mexico State upsetting the number five seed UConn. So I got the 12-5 seed going to New Mexico State. I have Arkansas beating Vermont. I have Alabama winning the game between the winner of the you know the 11th seed and the play-in. I have Texas Tech beating Montana State. I got Davidson with the upset over Michigan State. And then I have Duke easily winning over Cal State Fullerton. All right, now let's get into the South. I got Arizona winning their first-round matchup, even though if they end up playing against Peter Kiss, it could be pretty interesting. I have TCU winning the 9-8 matchup over Seton Hall. I have Houston beating UAB, Illinois beating Chattanooga, and then I have Michigan with the upset over Colorado State. Now, is that really an upset? For the 314 matchup, I have Tennessee blasting Longwood. I got Ohio State beating Loyola Chicago, which I think a lot of people may have that as an upset. And then I have Delaware taking a big L to their neighbors in Villanova. All right, now let's get to the East. We have Baylor easily winning over Norfolk State. I got Marquette, Shaka Smart, getting the upset over North Carolina. Even, you know, 9-8 may not be an upset. I have St. Mary's in the win. Over the winner of uh, Wyoming, Indiana. 
got UCLA beating Akron. I have Virginia Tech, the 11 seed, upstating the 6 seed, Texas. Purdue easily over Yale. Murray State over San Fran. And Kentucky over St. Peter's. And then in the Midwest, I got Kansas winning. Creighton. Maybe I'm a little biased because I am from Omaha, Nebraska. I got Creighton winning the 9-8 matchup over San Diego State. have Iowa beating Richmond. Providence over South Dakota State. Iowa State with the upset over LSU. I just think LSU has they got some issues off the court going on there with their firing of their coach, who I can't believe that he still kept the job after the whole situation. I think it was uh, Jerron Blossom game, and it was, like, recorded. But anyway, I got Wisconsin over Colgate, USC over Miami, and Auburn over Jacksonville State. So I'll stay right here in the Midwest. I have... Kansas, the 1-9 matchup, Kansas beating Creighton. The 5-4 matchup, I have Iowa beating Purdue. In the 11-3 matchup or 3-11 matchup, I have Wisconsin being upset by Iowa State. I have USC upsetting Auburn. And then in the East, I have Baylor over Marquette. UCLA over St. Mary's. I have Purdue beating Virginia Tech. And I have Kentucky winning the 2-7 matchup over Murray State. Right now, I got Gonzaga over Boise State. Arkansas beating New Mexico. I have Alabama over Texas Tech. And then the 10 2 matchup, or 2 10 matchup, I should say, I have Duke over Davidson. Now, let's go to the South. Arizona over TCU in the 1 9 matchup. I got Houston beating Illinois in the 5 4 matchup. Tennessee in the 3 11 matchup over Michigan. I have Tennessee winning that. And then I have Ohio State as the 7th seed upsetting Villanova. All right, now we are down to the Sweet 16. I have Gonzaga over Arkansas over Alabama. Then in the, in the South, I have Houston with the upset over the number one seed, Arizona. And then I have Tennessee over Ohio State. And then let's go down to, to, the, let's go down to the East. I have UCLA with the upset over Baylor. And then I have Purdue taking the L to Kentucky. I got Iowa upsetting number one seed Kansas. And then I have Iowa State with the upset over USC. So we'll stay here in the Midwest. Iowa over Iowa State. And that would be a crazy matchup, an in-state matchup between the two Iowa schools or two of the top Iowa schools. And I have Iowa winning that matchup. And then I have Kentucky over Purdue. And then I have in the matchup between UCLA and Kentucky. I got Kentucky winning. And then let's go. I got Gonzaga over Arkansas, Duke over Alabama. So that means you have your one first two matchup. I have Duke over Gonzaga again for the second time. And then I have Houston over Tennessee. So my final four is Kentucky, Iowa, Houston, and Duke. And in the championship game, I have Duke over Iowa, Keegan Murray, and Paolo Bancaro for the national championship. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for listening. Thank you for checking out Locked on NBA Draft. Thank you for bearing with me while I am freezing in this garage. Again, thank you for making Locked on NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And in this case, your first listen of the week. Now, for your second or your third listen, longest is within the Locked on family. Check out the Locked On NBA podcast. The Locked On experts are covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday, and they get it done in less than 30 minutes. 
It is also free and available wherever you get your podcast, and you can check it out on YouTube also. All right, that wraps it up for me. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow, NBA Draft Junkies, Director of Scouting for NBA Big Board, and this is the point in the show where I say that I am out. <laughs>